Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the epistle and lesson appointed for the second Sunday in Pentecost. I read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting on the 13th verse, on down through to the first verse of chapter 5. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Thus far, the text, I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Gracious God, we praise your name for the holy gift that you give us in your word. And we ask that you help us to not just hear with our ears, but to believe with our hearts. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, friends, this week's lessons are all about structures. The Old Testament lesson was um, spoke about the structure that Adam tried to build apart from God. The Gospel lesson talked about the strong man's house, the man that Jesus defeated. And the epistle, our sermon text for today, talks about the fragile tents that we occupy. But they are far less fragile than we think because we occupy them by the grace of God. In other words, they're completely different. Completely different. When we try to build houses on our own, that is to say, when we try to build something of ourselves apart from God, the structures we build fail. Canada's residential school system attested to that loudly this past week. Their so-called humanity built up a structure to edify, but that tore lives apart. There at the hand of those who thought they were doing good, many thousands of children suffered great cruelties and even died. What great sorrow and what great shame. These things are not the way of God's true and holy people, but are instead the ways of the world. The world says, I love myself more than anything else. And those words are written right across the blueprints of any of the houses that the world builds. Those who use those blueprints all share in the same central desire. They say, in my structure, I can ignore God and profane his name. That's the way of Adam. He rejected God to build his own house on the promise of a lie. That lie said, you will be like God. That's the foundation of self-love, presumed authority. It says, I have complete autonomy when it comes to my decisions, decisions that concern my body. 
decisions that concern my relationships and decisions that concern my destiny. It also claims I'm free to do as I please. And it works incessantly to supply support to itself, gathering teachers that satisfy its own itching ears in an effort to prove its greatness. Millions of people agree that I am good, self-love says, as it pats itself on the back. And to make certain that it can continue, self-love says, and I call upon more people to support me in what I do. Sadly, even some of those people who occupy the pews in our churches these days buy into that thinking and rush to lend support to the foundation of self-love. Just as it says in Romans 1.32, and although they know the ordinance of God that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Fortunately, our Lord stands against all of that self-love and self-glorification, where we love our own sinfulness and the structures of this world. He speaks to us through his word. He points out the ugliness of our self-adoration and shows us what true love is all about. And when we realize the wrongfulness of our ways, he comes to us with a new set of drawings. On that blueprint is written the words of Ezekiel 11.9, And I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. This new heart, that belongs to God. It's not the workings of the sinful flesh, but of the Savior of all mankind. He, Jesus, takes the crushing weight of our sins upon himself and bears all our shame upon the cross to overcome that strong man, Satan. It's from that place, from there upon the cross, that God begins his great and marvelous work of building us up. He founds his new structure, our righteousness, upon his one and only Son. That's our baptism. Our baptized hearts are then strengthened in faith and united in purpose to receive, share, and proclaim God's word. That's the upbuilding of God's church, which happens through the word empowered by God's Holy Spirit. God pronounces his absolution over us every week as we gather in this holy house. And he places it right in our mouths as we receive Holy Communion. These gifts, the audible and the physical word, heal all those cracks and all those caved-in walls that we've, we've struggled with and that we've received over, over just that past week as a result of Satan's attacks, Satan's temptations, and our own sinfulness. The walls may seem weak. They may seem flimsy. They may feel like they'll give in because of our frailties, but they are made by God and not by human hands, and therefore they are holy and sufficient. A holy and sufficient wall around us, even in our fragile tents. What a great gift we have. I'd like to, therefore, ask you to reflect upon Psalm 127.1 as your key verse for this week. There the psalmist writes these words. He says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Again, that's Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. 
when we try to build houses on our own, that is to say, when we try to build something of ourselves apart from God, the structures we build will fail. But because we are in Christ, we are God's construct, we are God's build, and therefore we have a newfound confidence. May God bless us all to remember that. He's built each one of us up. You are his, even as frail as you are, and he will continue to surround you in righteousness and uphold you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful for your holy love, a love that endures all things. We are so thankful that you have built us up into a holy people. We ask, dear God, that you help us to continue to see your structure before us and not to rely on our own constructs or to think that we can build anything that would outshine your glory. Help us to abide in the tents that you have given us and to be confident in those tents because Satan can't even assail us because your Holy Spirit is here with us and we have your protection. Bless us, dear God, in the week ahead and help us to grow in love and in grace. In the name of your Son, amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. Amen.